Good morning, Faith family. And if you're new with us today, welcome on board. And if, if you've ever had a mother, then I want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. Today we're going to hear music from Becky Dorn, Shane Campana, Itzy Silva. Leah Denosa will bring a, the kids or children's time, and some of our students will read scripture. Now we're going to listen to some gathering music from David Gerard. So grab some coffee, gather up the kids, get yourself settled, and feel free to use this time to quiet your soul and bring yourself into the presence of God.
Good morning, boys and girls. Miss Leah here. I bet you all know what this is, don't you? It's a battery. It's a source of power that doesn't need to be plugged in. And there are a lot of things in our world that run off of battery power, aren't there? I bet you can name a few. Go ahead and name a few out loud or write them in the chat below. It could be anything from your favorite toy to a cell phone, to your tablet, to a car, or even flashlights run off of battery power. But what happens if you're right in the middle of your favorite game and your tablet battery dies? That's really frustrating, isn't it? And it makes the tablet useless. Well, the battery makes me think of something else that Paul said about love in 1 Corinthians 13 in the Bible. He said that everything we say and everything we do should be done with love. Or it doesn't mean anything. We are nothing without love. We could be the best at something. We can know all the answers. We could say all the right words. But if we do anything without love, we are no better than that tablet with the dead battery. Jesus' greatest commandment that he left us with was to love God and love one another. And when we do that, it overflows out of our hearts and we can share that with one another. And so I want you to think about sharing that having that love power in everything you say and do. I'd like to uh, show you a video next of the kiddos sharing some love with their some of their favorite people. And a big shout out to Miss Liz Polivka for helping us put it all together. So until next time, may the Lord bless you and always smile upon you. And all God's people said, amen. I love you and I miss you and enjoy the Mother's Day video. Bye. Happy Mother's Day. 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 Happy Mother's Day! Thank you to all those mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day! Happy, Happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day! Word to your mother. Bye. Happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day! Bye. Happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day, Mom! Love you, you're the best! Happy Mother's Day! 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 You're the best. Happy Mother's Day! Happy 
Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy, Happy Mother's Day. Day. Happy Mother's Day. I love you with all my heart. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Your director of student ministries and I have the honor of sharing with you the next element of worship this morning. This group of students you're about to see next are this year's confirmands. These students are eighth graders and they bring you this morning's scripture. It's a reading from one of Paul's letters, his first letter to the church in Corinth. We'll start with the 13th chapter, the first verse. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, I can, 
and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and that if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all possesses to the poor, and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it is it keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in the evil, but rejoices with the truth. It protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child thought like a child, and reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection, as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. For the greatest of all these is love. The will of God, for the people of God, thanks be to God. Sometimes when I go into a hospital room and there's a seriously ill patient there surrounded by family, once in a while I pick up on clues that maybe this family's in some serious conflict. And, you know, whenever I go, I'm all, I always offer to pray. But sometimes in those kind of situations, I don't often sense unity in that prayer. Now, there are other times when there's great unity in the family. So when I gather them to pray, they surround this sick family member with a circle of love. And, and I like to picture Jesus right there in the middle of that circle along with the sick person. And sometimes, you know, the sick person recovers. Sometimes they don't and they die. But either way, I believe that God's healing love has been at work in this family, in this situation. A couple of years after Trish and I were married, I noticed that I was feeling more comfortable with myself, uh, more confident. And I believe that God was using her love for me to change me, to heal me. Um, now, do we argue at times? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've had some doozies. Uh, and there are times when we give each other feedback that's hard to give and hard to receive. But we receive it because we know that this person loves us and wants the best for us. It's, you know, it's like when your doctor pokes you where it hurts. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's your appendix. But it's only because the doctor wants to help you. I found a verse uh, from the prophet Hosea I want to share with you. God gives his people an opportunity to turn back, repent of their sins, but he knows they need more than that. They need healing. So God says... I will heal their waywardness and love them freely. Don't you love that? I will heal their waywardness and love them freely. I like how it combines receiving healing and receiving love. I remember many years ago I was talking with my counselor at the time and I mentioned that I was just kind of amazed at how healthy I'd been. And he says, you shouldn't be surprised. And he noted some healthy habits I was following, and he added this. He said, and you have a good relationship with your wife. He knew the healing power of loving relationships. 
I want to thank our confirmation class for reading our scripture this morning. It's a really cool way to do it. Uh, they were reading the Apostle Paul's classic chapter on love, 1 Corinthians 13. And despite its association with weddings, it's not talking about marriage. It's talking about all relationships. Uh, let me rewrite the first few verses and see how it sounds to you. So what if my social media posts are going viral? If it's all about scoring points rather than showing love, I'm just adding to the chaos. But if I post with love, it has healing power. So what if I share impressive insights at small group? And so what if people are begging me to pray for a miracle for them? If those insights and those miracles come without love, they're useless. But if I share and pray with love, it has healing power. So what if I give my entire paycheck to the homeless shelter and volunteer there every day to cook and clean, but I'm doing it to impress people rather than to love them? Let me tell you, it's been a colossal waste. But if I sacrifice my time and treasure out of love, it has healing power. Today I want to emphasize one thing. God chooses to do his healing work in a community of love. How does that strike you? Would you like to say it with me? God chooses to do his healing work in a community of love. In Dr. Bernie Siegel's book, Love, Medicine, and Miracles, he sums up many medical studies showing that loving relationships are a powerful antidote to deadly diseases. He says, love strengthens our immune systems. Father Francis McNutt was a pioneer in healing ministry, and when his team prayed over someone for healing, he, he said that what often impressed that, that person they were praying for most, um, more than anything else, was the love that they would feel. One time, Father Francis and his team were praying for a, a missionary couple who asked God to increase their love in their marriage. And so the couple was surrounded by the love of the prayer team, and they were all asking God for an increase in love in their marriage. And then something else also happened. The missionary husband felt his abdomen and said, It's gone! It's gone! And they said, what? And he explained that, well, he had this hernia that had been bothering him for years, and it suddenly disappeared. Sometimes God chooses to do an extraordinary healing work in a community of love. Right now, of course, we're all physically separated from each other, but spiritually, we are connected. We're a family, a community of love. So I want you to picture this. A vast system of, of tubing, pulsating with love, connecting house to house, person to person. You know, by midweek, we may have close to a thousand people watch this and be a part of this worship service. But let me tell you, you are way more than a viewer. You are a member of a family. You are connected to a community of love. And during the pandemic, uh, God inspires us to keep finding ways to stay connected. For example, how many of you have participated in a drive-by birthday parade? Have you done that? 
or you honk your horn as you go by and you wave. Maybe you roll down your window and chat for a minute. It's a lot of fun. This week I talked to uh, Bob Miller on the phone and every Sunday Bob and Mary, they tune in to our online worship and they call Lenita Krause on the phone. Lenita, 88 years young, doesn't have a computer. So the Millers hold up their phone to their computer and Lenita listens. I thought, what a great idea. And so on behalf of the entire faith family, I want to say, hi, Lenita, we love you. We're staying connected. Here's another one. God gave Liz Polivka an idea and Sam Gallahan helped her. Families from Faith Westwood and from our Love and Learn Daycare were asked if they'd like to have family pictures taken on their front porch. Between Liz and Sam, they drove to 47 front porches from Council Bluffs to Gretna. And it was just one way to say, we love you. You're a part of our community of love. Now, I don't know all the ways that God was at work in this project, but I would love to hear about them. So if you've been impacted in some way that's been uh, uh, more than just a picture, I would love to hear about it. Historian Rodney Stark of Baylor University says that in ancient Greek and Roman times, uh, in the, their cultures, people worshipped their favorite gods at the pagan temples. But he said, people only went to temples. They did not belong to them. He says there were no congregations. The Roman gods only had clients and festivals, not members and regular services. But Judaism and the new Christian movement were different. Their faith created congregations. People met regularly. They belonged to each other. That's why there's no solo Christianity. Uh, the Christian faith only exists in congregations, gatherings, in relationships. The last few Sundays we've been watching scenes from the video series, The Chosen. Uh, the Chosen creates plausible backstory and adds extra characters and dialogue to the biblical accounts of Jesus and his followers. Trish and I have enjoyed this series so much, we ordered DVDs and sent them to our moms for Mother's Day. And I want to thank the producers of The Chosen for giving us permission to share this clip. In the videos previously, Matthew has already encountered Jesus, and he's extremely curious. The scene begins with Matthew working in his tax collector booth when Jesus walks by. Let's watch. Matthew. Matthew, son of Alphaeus. Yes. Follow me. Me? <laughs> yes, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy's done? Do you even know him? Yes. Listen, I said to... What are you doing? 
Where do you think you're going? Guys, let me go. Have you lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're gonna throw it all away. get it when I chose you either. But this is different. I'm not a tax collector. Get used to different. I'm glad we passed by your booth today, Matthew. Yes. Shall we? We have a celebration to prepare for. You will regret this, Matthew. What's the tablet for? Grabbed it without thinking. You can put it back. No, no, keep it. You may yet find use for it. Where are we going? A dinner party. I'm not welcome at dinner parties. Well, that's not going to be a problem tonight. You're the host. Does anyone want any grapes? Barnaby, you eat a lot. Very <laughs> Thank you. Simon. You know, Matthew, when you're not behind iron bars, you're quite handsome. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? Hmm. May I help you? We were just on a walk and we heard voices, and I thought it sounded like... But surely not. And yet it is you. Would you like to come in? We would never. Never be caught dead in a... In a what? In a tax collector's house? Not only that, but with a... Do you know what she... And he... They are... You seem to be having troubles finding your words, man. Why does your master eat with tax collectors and sinners? It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I must say, I am shocked. She is from the Red Quarter. Much of what is done there cannot even be spoken by my tongue or across my lips. It is so unholy. The mere mention of it would defile me. Sounds like a personal problem. But him and the others he works with, they betray our people for money, and they're not even sorry. If you're so offended, then leave. Let them speak, Andrew. They've never offered guilt sacrifices in the temple. What? The priest keeps records. We check them. Tax collectors are not welcome at the temple. You'd like them better if they made the proper sacrifices. This is not about me. This is about what God wants. You're forgetting the scroll of Hosea. Hmm? Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy more than sacrifice. There are righteous men on the lookout for you. And they are weighing every word you say. Is that a threat? Please let them know this, Yusuf. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. I'm sure you picked up on some tension in the scene, but I chose this scene because of this shot right here. Look at it closely. This picture says so much. These, these people aren't perfect. They're, they're still learning. But there's life here. There is love here. 
It's like a seed that Jesus has planted. This is what community looks like. Jesus eating with his disciples, including Matthew, plus Matthew's tax collector buddies and others of questionable repute. This is not a community for people who have it all together. This is a community for people whose souls need mending and they're happy to be on the mend. Remember what Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And let me tell you, when you find a group of people where you are loved and where you find truth and forgiveness and healing, you will not want to let it go, even if you have to let go of everything else like Matthew did, because you know this is what you were made for. In the first century, there were no church buildings. There were only gatherings like we saw in this scene, sisters and brothers in Christ meeting in homes. Whoever had the largest home, that's where they met. And if they outgrew that place, well, then they added a second home. And after a while, the congregation became a collection of home-sized groups. That's how they stayed connected. That's where they experienced the healing power of love. If you read my email this week, you saw where Wednesday evening I drove to the church and I found one of our groups meeting in the parking lot. And then, of course, they were all safely spaced out sitting in camp chairs. But let me tell you, it was such a beautiful sight to see live faces again. Most of our groups continue to meet by video conference. It's, it's good. It's not as good as in person, but it's, it's the best we can do right now. And God is at work in these groups. God chooses to do his healing work in a community of love. The way I see it, this pandemic will test every congregation, including Faith Westwood. Some churches, like some businesses, will not survive. But I believe God has created a community of love at Faith Westwood where miracles can happen. The connectedness and commitment among us is powerful. And I believe that, that Faith Westwood will be strong enough to weather the storm. And if we stay connected and committed to each other, you and I will be strong enough to weather the storm. Now I want to lead us into a time of guided prayer. Uh, you can close your eyes if you want to, or you may want to gaze at the image on the screen. Are you ready? Let's pray. Oh God, I want to come into an awareness of your presence now. But my heart is scattered and I find it hard to focus. Come to meet me. Draw near to me as I draw near to you. Lord, cover me with the warmth of your love like a soft blanket on a chilly morning. Wrapped up in your love, I am protected, I am comforted, I am at peace.
Holy Spirit, you connect us to each other. We picture a web reaching from home to home, person to person, connecting us all with love. Let that love pour into us and out through us. Let your healing flow. Jesus, we pray for all who are suffering and sick among us. Let them be filled with your love and surrounded by our love. By faith, we reach out to those who are hospitalized or quarantined because of the coronavirus. Lord, we ask, do your healing work. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen.
after the video, I invite you to go to faithwestwood.com service. There you can fill out a connection card, send in a prayer request. You can give to our 2020 ministry fund and to today's mission focus, which is our Helping Hands Fund. And if the pandemic has caused you to be laid off or have reduced hours, or maybe you have some other financial crisis, I want you to know that's what our Helping Hands Fund is for. So please do not hesitate to contact me or Vicki O'Hara or Alan Hansen. Next Sunday's message will be about what it means to be a generous friend because everybody's looking for a friend like that. And now, may the God of healing love go with you all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, Faith Westwood. We miss being with you on Sunday. Faith Westwood family, it's Brenda Bowers. I sure miss you guys. Hope to see you soon. Hey everybody, glad to see you. Greetings, stay safe. Hello everyone, we miss you. We look forward to being back together.